when you think about your vision and your hope for MTCS in five years, what are some important things that you want our current community and our listeners to know? I want to see our, our students and our graduates thriving. I want to be able to celebrate and, and bring those, those alumnus back into our buildings and speaking with our students about their experiences here. Hello, and welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast, where we elevate the voices of our people, dig deeper into our big ideas, and explore how we show up for ourselves and each other in order to make magic happen. I am your host, Wendy Lorenz Walraven, the Director of Equity and Diversity here at MTCS. My hope is that as we spend time together, we will have an opportunity to explore three key questions. Who am I? Who are we? And who are we to each other? As it is the intersection of these questions that informs the assumptions we make, drives our behavior, and impacts our relationships with ourselves and with others. Thank you again for listening to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast. Today, I have the opportunity to sit down with Sean Fondo, our Executive Director of MTCS. Sean joined the MTCS team in 2007, marking 16 years of service with our community. Sean began his time here as the FIAD teacher at MTS Elementary, then became the principal at Benadier Academy, served as the Director of Elementary Programs, then as the principal of MTS Secondary, served as the interim superintendent last year, and is now officially our executive director from now until the end of time. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for being here today and for your willingness to share parts of yourself and your vision with our listeners. Thanks for having me. So let's get curious. Sean, would you be willing to share a little bit about how you joined our MTSCS community and what keeps you coming back year after year? Well, sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, in uh, the summer of 2007, I moved back to Minnesota from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and was looking for a job. I had uh, a wife and a young daughter and no job. So I spent the summer applying for jobs across the metro and primarily in traditional public schools at first. Um, but as the summer continued to stretch on, I opened my search into charter schools and landed a interview with uh, Matt Coderre, who was a principal at MTS Elementary at the time, and we clicked right away. He had a similar life experience to me about five years uh, prior, and uh, he hired me over the weekend, and I've been here ever since. It is an intense time to be an educational leader. Would you mind sharing some of the challenges you experience as a leader supporting a team with growing needs during a time when many are leaving the profession? So that's an easy question. Yeah, it's a light one. <laughs> Over the last uh, three years in particular, the, the world's changed uh, with COVID-19 and how that's been politicized from the left and the right and everyone in between. Um, the murder of George Floyd followed and um, changed our our city and, and our community and our school intimately forever. Mm -hmm. And those two things back to back are 
you just don't go back from that. There, there is no back to normal. It's, it is the new normal mm-hmm. in everything that we do. Um, so how does that affect people? I think that is, that's number one. Um, how does that affect our, our staff and our, our hiring pool? Mm-hmm. People, I think, have found that life is too short to do things that they don't love. Totally. And our society doesn't value educators the way that they used to. Mm-hmm. So when you are, are looking to put great people in front of our great students, you've got to look a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And with that said, we need to look harder at how do we keep the great people we already have in front of our, our great students. Totally. And while that always has been something that, that I valued as a leader um, in my new role, I've got to instill that value in, in all of our, our leaders here. Not to say that it's not, but we've got some, some new leaders and trying to teach them, because um, that ultimately that's what I am as a, a teacher, Mm-hmm. about the importance of, of taking care of our, our people while still trying to drive towards your goals for yourself professionally and your school and your students and whatnot. That's, that's been a learning experience for me. Um, I mean, there's so many aspects to that question. Our, our families have different expectations of us now than they did when I started as a leader in, in 2011 mm-hmm. as, as well. And, you know, being open to, to taking that, that feedback and, oftentimes criticism and many times it's warranted mm-hmm. and humbling yourself to be able to realize that, you know, while you, you're the, the expert and you're supposed to have all the answers, there are so many things you still don't know right. and being able to, to hear that sometimes in, in unflattering ways from, from the people that you get up every day to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always feel good, but sometimes it's what you need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think, again, people's expectations are changing. I think that we are um, continually trying to hold ourselves to higher standards, right, to sort of say like, and I think people, like you mentioned, in the pandemic learned kind of what they will and will not put up with, right, and uh, how to find your voice and that your voice matters and being able to find the places where you can speak to be heard, right? And I think that that is Certainly some of our work that we have tried to do here at MTCS is to create space for people to share their thoughts, right? And that doesn't mean share all of the beautiful things that happen, but it also, you know, sharing the things that aren't working and the things that um, are limiting space or excluding people and, and being willing to listen for understanding, but also be willing to be changed by what you hear, right? Because that's different. Um, and I think that that is something that I have definitely seen from you is your willingness to sit, <laughs> to be uncomfortable, to hold space, to listen to um, perspectives and really genuinely trying to find those points of understanding, those sort of parallels with, you know, kind of your hopes and, and your dreams. But you're also willing to change what those are based on what you hear. Right. And I've seen that from you again and again and again. Um, and that I think is really, truly, um, an attribute to what you bring to this community as a leader. Thanks. Um, I, I want to create schools that would be good enough for, for my kids and our families have very high expectations for us. So with that being my standard and our families telling me what their standard is, how do we get 
our staff to come along with us while still taking care of them and their needs at the same time. And, and that's, that's really what the job is. Yeah, absolutely. Which again, like you've talked about is increasingly difficult when people have um, such a different capacity, I think for, for work, for trying to find their own balance, for trying to find ways of taking care of themselves. Um, I think increasingly in education where we have very little time throughout our day to take care of ourselves, right? And there's sort of this continued expectation to like, hopefully you take care of yourself when you leave so that you're all good when you come back and, and really recognizing that that's just like not super realistic either, right? And that, that I think we have to find ways as a community to nurture people and to help take care of people while they're here so that they can do more of that when they get home to return with some kind of rejuvenation or preparedness to be able to kind of take the next step forward, right? Um, and I think that's particularly challenging right now for, for everybody. Um, so while there are, speaking of responsibility, the, while there are many layers of responsibility that can weigh you down, what are some of the ways that you keep your balance and maintain your inspiration to keep trying to create the educational environment, again, where all, all children can thrive and where the adults feel seen, heard, and valued? One of the, the big things I've really focused on is getting out of my office and being present in our buildings. I have had many leaders in my 25-ish years in education at this point that you never see or you've never heard speak or you just don't really value the way that they do their job. Um, I pride myself in not asking our staff to do things that I wouldn't do or I haven't done already. And so whether that is sitting in a, a PD um, or picking up garbage or cleaning bathrooms or, you know, working with students, that it's grounding. Um, so when you're, you're walking into peas during cosmetology class or you're doing, you know, lunch at MTS Elementary or, or otherwise seeing our students and their energy and their vibrance and how do you, how do you not come and give your all every day? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, well, balance, um, that's, that's a constant battle I'm with two teenagers myself. Um, I've been married for 21 years and here for 16. Uh, sometimes what you need personally or I need personally is third or fourth on the list. So um, I think I've got checkpoints when I get to a certain spot that, right, I need to, to slow down and start taking care of myself and make sure I get, get back in the gym or, or otherwise. And even, even that, I think, is a certain level of modeling if I can show that taking care of, of myself is important to me. Hopefully other people on staff see that and try to find time to do the same. I think that that's a really powerful piece that, that modeling, because as an educational leader, people are watching you all the time. (laughs) Um, And again, I think it's one thing to say, we value you taking care of yourself. It's another thing for people to see you actively taking care of yourself um, because again, I think we can <laughs> say that all we want to people, but if we aren't doing that for ourselves, again, people notice that, but also I think it gives permission in a certain kind of way, right? If someone's like, yeah, I saw Sean in the gym this morning. <laughs> hey, I should come into the gym before, before work and, and, you know, get a workout in or whatever to see if I start my day feeling a little bit different. Um, 
But again, I think, you know, that is something that we try to do through professional development and trying to just offer up opportunities again for people to engage in wellness practices. But um, there's not quite really anything like being able to watch the people who um, are leading you and supporting you in, in doing the very things that you're asking them to do, right? When you think about your vision and your hope for MTCS in five years, what are some important things that you want our current community and our listeners to know? I want to see our, our students and our graduates thriving. I want to be able to celebrate and, and bring those, those alumnus back into our buildings and speaking with their students about their experiences here. We've got a number of you know, alumni working for us from MTS Secondary, but I don't know, we see the same for virtual or certainly not been at your academies yet and we need to we need to do a better job of of celebrating our successes going forward we need to do a better job of telling stories of our students who have left here and are doing amazing things in the world because there are there are many of them Mm -hmm. and so if we can continue to create conditions that allow our our students to thrive and then focus on those stories the narrative around our school is going to change right Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I want to bring in, you know, our staff who were students here at some point. And, you know, we have some longstanding staff who were here a long time ago. Um, Sorry, I don't mean you're old. Um, But also that we have, you know, um, people who graduated within the last few years who have joined our our team, which is really, um, really wonderful to be able to see our young people um, just sort of taking charge of their adult lives and, um, and really giving back to community, right? That's a lot of, um, why people come back to work here is because they want to invest in our students and, and our people here. Right. And while MTS secondary in particular and MTCS as a whole, I guess has been around for 26 or so years at this point. Um, it, it feels like a, almost a restart in the last seven or eight, and then another restart in the last two. There are things that we were when I started 16 years ago that we're not anymore. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean we're better right now. Uh, there are things that we had 16 years ago we'd like to bring back. But there are things that we were 16 years ago that we're not, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that we've started in the last couple of years with our, our careers program and in this room that we're in, um, there are, there's so much opportunity to grow and build and and that's the next goal. How do we take where we are right now and and build on the things that we're doing well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how do we really inspire people to push past where they think their limits are too in order to make that happen? And that's that, that full circle back to you really can do whatever you want to. Yeah. If we had somebody who, who really wanted to have a lacrosse team, for goodness sakes, our kids have, I don't know that we have many kids who are big lacrosse fans, but if we have a dynamic leader who wants to start a lacrosse team, I know you can do it. Just kids want to follow dynamic leaders mm-hmm. and do fun things. Yep. So lacrosse kind of becomes a sideshow. It's it's everything that leads into it mm-hmm. um, that goes goes along with it. So and lacrosse is a just a, a placeholder for for anything, but it's it's the people that make the place. And that was the the message when this place was destroyed. Um, it's it's not the building. It's not the things. It's the people. Mm-hmm. And that's the students, the families, the staff, the alumni, the community. That's what makes us strong. Absolutely. And I think I've seen 
some really beautiful coming together as a community, even when we are collectively hurting and processing and trying to find our balance, <laughs> find the things that we connect to. Um, and again, I think that that is something that we value here at MTCS is that genuine connection, really, and being able to center people's humanity, right? And I think um, I'm grateful that you mentioned that you have some checkpoints for yourself, um, but that's also you have are surrounded by people who will make sure you take care of yourself, <laughs> too. You know, I mean, I that that is what we do here for each other um, is be able to to recognize when we're thriving and when we need some extra supports um, in order to be our best selves, right? Um, those are the questions I have for you. Um, is there anything else that you really feel like would be important for our listeners to know or to hear from you? MTCS serves people where they are, whether it's our East African community, the students who walk into our MTS or MTS elementary buildings, um, our online programs, Peace Academy, and without any one of those programs, we're, we're not the same. Um, it would be like a hand with four fingers. You're, you're missing yeah. something. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been a lot of fun to be able to just go in and pop in, sit on staff meetings, say hello to people, get to know them. Um, it's a, it's a different capacity to get to know people now, but it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. And it gives perspective to who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, being a member of MTCS, I think is one of the, the best things that you have available to yourself is to practice flexibility and adaptability. Right. Um, we talked about kind of the change over the course of the years, but also our own internal personal um, journey of change and, and growth as we continue to have opportunities to learn from young people, the people that we work with, our community at large, um, and that that's a sort of continual process here, which I don't necessarily know if that's always valued in education. Like as an as a organization that's really about learning, we sometimes think like, well, once you reach a certain age, you don't have to learn anymore, right? And I think we here really do um, prioritize Again, our own personal learning, your own willingness to be able to be changed by what you hear, be changed by the things that you learn, um, and to flexibly adapt to responding to the needs so that we can meet people exactly where they are. And then learn what matters to them, what matters to community, what matters to kids, um, and then really be able to create the support so that they can reach those own individual goals, right? That it isn't something that's prescribed for them. Obviously, we have ideas about how to be a successful adult in the world, but um, our young people are, are teaching us all the time about what that actually looks like in the current um, day, right? And and how we can better support them here. The key is, are we listening? And are we willing to do something about it? Definitely. Um, I'm thinking of a, a couple of, of stories when I came to MTCS in August of 2007. I wanted to do some coaching. I'd, I'd done some, some baseball coaching in Phoenix and in Minnetonka before I moved to Phoenix. And uh, I had some athletes in, in those spaces. And in Minnetonka, I coached uh, 
some kids who were all, all Metro eventually. I was a JV coach out there. And then in Phoenix, I coached five different kids who ended up being drafted over time. At one point, I had the starting right fielder and starting second baseman for the College World Series were kids that I coached in eighth grade um, at ASU. <laughs> it was fun. We, we, we won a lot of games. Um, That's the hope, right? <laughs> there, there might be a middle school in the northern Phoenix that has my name on the wall a few times for winning five straight yes. championships. I have to go visit them. But uh, <laughs> that's assuming it's still there. I've been back here for a long time now. They may have changed the decor. Maybe. Coming here, I'd, I was asked to coach some basketball teams, and I was a hockey player, not a basketball player. But that was fun getting to know some students in, in a different way. I ran into uh, Jalen Hollins, one of my basketball players, just at a basketball tournament three weeks ago, something like that, right Boy. before winter break. And uh, you remember me? Yeah, I remember you. How's it going? You know, how's, how's your sister? How's your mom doing? Kind of stuff, which is awesome. Again, another reason why we do the job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the MTS baseball team was an afterthought in the the world of MTS athletics at the time. We had a, a state championship caliber basketball team. We had a couple D1, D1 athletes. And um, so I talked to the, the, the great Justin Burcham, who was our athletic director at the time, and uh and said, hey, I want to coach. So he says, all right, you can go coach. Uh, so I, I show up for the first day of practice, and we've got a group of, of mostly gentlemen. I think there was a couple of ladies as well that were going to play baseball, which was cool. Um, but uh, they could hardly play catch. And there was not much of a schedule. I think they had nine games on the schedule. Um, the uniforms were T-shirts that didn't match. Um, some of them had sleeves, some didn't. Some had Wolves <laughs> softball on them. Um, we would show up to... Solid to a game with always nine players, but it was usually a different nine. And we <laughs> had different hats, shirts, um, pants. I think baseball pants were optional. <laughs> um, it was, it was a joke. And compared to what our basketball team had, uh, warmups, uniforms, they looked good. They had a schedule, they had practices. It just didn't sit well with me. And so I spoke with uh, Justin at the time and said, I'll come back, but I got to be the head coach. And we're going to do it this way. And we, the first thing we did is we bought uniforms, like legitimate baseball uniforms with stitched on letters, pants, the, the whole bit. So when our, when our kids walked down a, a field, they, they felt proud of what they were wearing. Totally. And we did a little fundraiser. And all that money, I think we sold ESPN the magazine subscriptions. And anybody who sold two of them got, um, got a pullover. And then they had their, their swag. So they were, they were, advertising for our team and we went you know that first year that I was here with the, the ragtag group of, of kids who were again awesome um, we didn't have much talent to <laughs> the, the next year where we went and played 16 games and had practice every day of the week Monday through Friday some Saturdays and didn't win a single game again but by year three we won one mm-hmm. and year four we won six and to see the development of some of those kids that were there on on day one to my fourth year and the investment we went from again nine different kids every day to having a varsity and a JV with like 35 kids that played in seventh through eighth grade seventh through twelfth grades um, with full uniforms and it mattered right and that yeah. was that was my goal there is to create a program that that mattered to our students basketball mattered but we don't have to win state championships to matter. Right. And and that was my goal there. I love that. 
it's the same as unit planning. Mm -hmm. I had a goal to not be the bottom seed at the section tournament. Mm -hmm. And I knew it wasn't a, a one year plan, but you have your end goal and then you start building steps to get there. Right. And in step one was building pride in the program. Mm -hmm. Make it worthwhile to just skip your after, not skip, to not have an after school job, <laughs> right. um, to get your homework done, to, to be a good citizen in the school. So you can be a part of this thing that means something, that it's worthwhile. And by you know, having that end goal, building the steps, working the plan, we got there and we created a, an awesome outcome for, for those students. It feels good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that experience is something that if you were to ask any of those young people today is an experience they remember, right. And that they gain something from. And that's what high school is all about, right. Is the memory. So you can well, like us and, and tell great stories about the good old days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, again, I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down and to, to talk with me today. I know that um, your calendar is very full and you have lots of places to be all the time. Um, but the fact that you take times for this, you take time to be in classrooms, you take time to talk to kids, you take time to hold space for an adult who needs to talk to you at any moment of the day. And that's part of the gift that you bring here. So thank you for all that you do here and for our community because we couldn't do any of it without you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Happy to do it again sometime. Good, you will. <laughs> for all of you listening, I just I appreciate you tuning in and for your willingness to listen for understanding. That's what it's all about. So stay curious, ask more questions, and until next time, this is your host, Wendy Lawrence Wallerman.